Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 389. Today is Monday, February 19th, 2024. And I just wanted to thank you guys so much for praying for me. Um, Illumination also wanted me to point out uh, she's still on the mend. So keep the prayers coming. Um, she wanted to uh, me to tell you guys all thank you for praying for her. It's really meant a lot. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I certainly did. Um, every day I was making measurable improvements. I've got some minor flemage uh, right now, uh, but that's it. Um, other than that, I'm feeling pretty much um, feeling pretty good. I feel pretty good, you guys. So thank you so much for praying. Um, yeah, flemage is a new word. Illumination was like flemage. Yes, flemage. You heard it here. It's going to go into the uh, Webster's Dictionary. We're making a big campaign. It's going to go in there. So, um, guys, uh, yeah, I hope you guys had a great weekend. I certainly did. I meant what I said on Friday. I said I was going to be playing the deliverance game. And uh, for those who are very confused right now, it's a board game. It was created by a Christian. And, um, he wanted to make some waves within the board gaming community, which is a very unreached um, sect of, uh, I guess, Christianity. And uh, so it, it is a game where you play as angels and you fight demons. And it is so awesome and uh, very theologically sound. And um, it's just a fun game. It's really, really good. So I was slaying some demon filth with my wife this weekend. It was awesome, literally and figuratively. Uh, so, um, I, it's interesting cause just, sorry, I'm going on a tangent with this game. I think what was the fruit of playing this game that's been really cool is one of the best mechanics in the game is actually praying like prayer. It's one of the actions you can do in the game. And both Lauren and I were like, man, like this is like, like really putting a fire under us to like pray even more than we do. And, uh, it's just kind of cool to see that that's been like the fruit of, of this game is is that uh, I will say if any of you are curious and you're only used to playing games like Candyland or like Life or Sorry, this 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 ain't no Sorry. This is like it's a very in depth game. There's a lot of strategy. Um, so if that's your thing. I highly recommend it. So um, guys, uh, we got a great week uh, planned ahead for us uh, today. Especially, I'm really 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 excited about today's episode. Really been looking forward to it. Uh, it's one that developed very quickly, um, so we're going to be talking a lot about what's going on in Nicaragua um, as it pertains to the one of the representatives of the ministry uh, that's here. Uh, so we're going to be talking all about the guys. Uh, some of you may have watched streams, Elijah streams today. It's, it's Steve's first day back from Uganda, and he talked a lot about uh, being able to see firsthand the impact that the wells have done um, uh, as a result of your guys' generous donations. So. Um, anytime you guys donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, those proceeds go towards this show. They go to streams, but then they also, a portion of it goes towards making uh, making an impact in, in people's lives across the world uh, in digging freshwater wells. We dig, uh, we dig a new freshwater well every three days, and um, these boreholes or water wells, we they call them boreholes, uh, service hundreds uh, hundreds of people in a community in an area and um you know we're digging a new one every three days so that's uh that's um 
you multiply that, like that's thousands of people and meeting a basic need like fresh, clean water opens up people to the gospel. It's a huge answer to people's prayers. Um, he was even saying that uh, Jaja, Jaja is uh, like a elder, elderly person or grandma. Um, it might be grandpa as well. Forgive me for those of you who are from that part of the world. Um, but um, Steve was talking to one of them and, and she was actually the recipient of the first, I believe it was the first well we dug. And she was t saying to Steve, she's like, because she's getting up there in age. She said, I know that I can pass on and go and be with the Lord. And I know that my family is going to be okay, that they're going to have clean water. And so this is the, the resolve that you guys are being able to give to people by donating. It's this great double whammy of supporting this ministry, but also supporting the water well. So uh, we're going to play a quick video and then we're going to get going. Water is an essential to life. What if it just disappeared? In Uganda, many don't have access to clean, safe water. Every 15 seconds, a child dies from water-related diseases. Together, we will change that by continuing to provide clean water wells. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. Or mail a check today to Elijah Streams. 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. So thank you guys again for your donations. So excited for this year. So excited to see all the new amazing things that we do um, moving just onward and upwards. upwards. So um, guys, without any further ado, my guest today, he was originally going to be joined by his wife um, and she unfortunately got sick. So pray, pray for Cassie. Pray healing for Cassie, uh, but he's a missions director along with his wife for the missions organization Mountain Gateway. Uh, we're going to be talking all about that and a bunch of other stuff. Without any further ado, let's give it up for our guest today, Jacob Hancock. Jacob, welcome to Elijah Fire, man. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. Yeah. Thanks absolutely. for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So why don't you tell people, I mentioned your uh, missions director for Mountain Gateway. Uh, why don't you tell people what Mountain Gateway is? Man, um, Mountain Gateway is a ministry that my parents started uh, back in, I want to say it's 2009. 2009, we started that um, after working with an, another mission organization in Mexico for a long time. But Mountain Gateway is something that was birthed in my parents' heart since they were newlyweds, really. And uh, we exist to train, place, pastor, to recruit, train, place, and pastor missionaries. And uh, we also have a missional focus um, where we plant churches, make disciples. Uh, we do some relief work. Uh, we've also recently done like mass evangelistic crusades. Um, we primarily focus on like our, the very heart of who we are as we go into like mountainous regions, uh, to jungles, up rivers. Like we look for places where not a whole lot of people want to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just love going to those places and, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, making disciples and raising up local leaders so that they can do it themselves. So when you guys go into these remote areas, are you looking for a local church <clears throat> partnership and then saying, hey, this is what we do? Is this something you'd be interested in partnering with us in? Or does it look different depending on what the situation needs? What does that look like? 
Yeah, our primary, I would say, yes, it depends on like the situation, but primarily we're looking for places where it's either there's no gospel or very little gospel established, mm-hmm. right? So if some if there is a church, usually it's already affiliated with like a denomination or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but we have had some churches or ministers that are already doing it and then go, oh my gosh, we got to connect with you. Um, we've had that happen um, quite a bit actually in Nicaragua. Um, that hasn't happened in Mexico yet. There's in Mexico, there's a lot less like where we work. There's a lot less gospel already established. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so obviously your parents started this missions organization. Mm-hmm. Was it just a given that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm hopping in too. Like, what was that process like for you? Even in getting a heart for missions, is it something that's always been there for you? Um, I wouldn't say it was a given, um, but my parents did a phenomenal job of making making sure that it wasn't missions isn't something that we did. It was who we are, and we did it as a family, right? So I was I've been a missionary ever since I was three or four. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't mommy and daddy are the missionaries, and I'm just a kid, right? My parents included me in everything that we did. I was their prayer warrior. I was up at the prayer line praying for people praying for the sick, you know, we rejoice when people give their lives to Jesus, et cetera. And the purpose that God gave us, we called it our family purpose, right? Like this is what we do as a family, right? Um, All of my siblings, uh, I have two older sisters and younger brother. All of my siblings love Jesus, but I'm the only one that's like actively in missions, in the mission side of things, but we're all involved in Mountain Gateway to some extent or the other. I don't, does that answer your question? It does. It absolutely does. Yeah. So, I mean, for you, it was just, it was a natural progression to, to get involved on a greater level. Cause obviously you said your siblings are not mm-hmm. involved with mountain gateway, correct? Well, they're, they're involved in mountain gateway. Like my sister, uh, one of my sisters, she's like in operations okay. yeah. role, uh, but she's married. Her husband is uh, doing other things. Yeah. Um, my brother, David, he's in the coffee business side of things that we do. Um, but I'm the missions director, me and my wife are the mission directors. Uh, but yeah, the Lord really put it on my heart. Like, Hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I, and I knew from a pretty early age that I wanted to do it, but he really solidified it in me around 17 or 18. Okay. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Dude. Like I'm going to do missions and, uh, and just help Mountain Gateway. Dude, dude, you're cut above the rest. A lot of a lot of 17 year olds would be like, you know, how can I serve myself? How can I right. for personal experience? No, my, you know, living on the mission fields, you can't you can't make it if you have a selfish mentality. Yeah. You know, yeah. everything that we do is sac you gotta sacrifice for the the people that you're ministering to Mm -hmm. and really you know jesus he deserves everything he deserves Mm -hmm. every bit of your life he deserves all of your dreams your visions your everything like we just got to lay it all on the altar for him right Mm -hmm. you know if he says go you go doesn't matter how uncomfortable it is come on come on yeah that's actually what happened in my um i've shared this story uh, several times to you know on this show but um You've never heard it. So uh, when I actually got into YWAM, you know, I was telling you backstage mm-hmm. that I was in YWAM for um, several years and 
um, I remember going through this process with the Lord of like feeling like I remember I would wake up at night. I just could, I didn't want to sleep. I just wanted to spend time mm-hmm. with him. And I was like, man, I yeah. just feel like there's just, at this time I'm following the Lord. And, um, but I remember I was living with uh, two of my buddies and I'd get up and just spend hours talking with the Lord, reading, journaling, uh, worshiping. And I just remember feeling like, man, there's more, like there's more. And then I remember yeah. I met this, the, this group of YWAMers came into, I was working at a, a store at, at a bookstore at one point and they came in and randomly were like, Hey, you should come to YWAM. And I was like, yeah, no way. You know? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I bumped into them somewhere else, completely different in my city. And they said the exact same thing. And then oh. I remember I just couldn't, I kept waking up in the middle of the night and I hear the Lord say, I want you to go to YWAM. I want you to go to YWAM. And I'm like, I, I don't, that, even God talking to me like that was totally new. Yeah. Um, and I remember they got me in touch with the school leader and he told me, uh, cause I remember at this point it was like a week before I was going to have to do a DTS a discipleship training school. And they're like, and I'm like, this is right. Like, leaving like a week like this is i I don't know if that's for me you know i need like months or years in advance to plan and right right (laughs) and so i was telling him all of this i was just like yeah i don't know man and and he goes hey man okay he's like uh when jesus went to his disciples um peter and andrew uh and he says come and follow me did he say hey i know you guys are really busy you got your fishing business here um so why don't you put together you know Tie up loose ends. Uh, I'm going to be down yeah. here in a couple of months. So whenever you're ready, why don't you just come down me and then we'll go on our go on our merry way. And he said, did he say that? And I said, no. And he said, what did they say? Or what did he say? And I said, he said, come and follow me. And it said immediately they dropped their nets and they followed him. And he just, he That's left right. it at that. He just goes, okay. And yep. that was like the gnawing thing that really just like the Holy Spirit used to get me into that place of, of, um, and, and I know a lot of times people can look at this situation and go, oh, I'm not, I mean, I'm sure you're well aware of this. Oh, no, I'm not called the missions. I'm not called the missions, you know? Um, But what I'm talking about is applicable to wherever you are actually called. I would, I would argue uh, the great commission is the great commission and Matthew chapter 28. And uh, it, it says, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. And um, I think a lot of times there are people who are called into missions who have convinced themselves they're not but yeah. outside of that what that the principle of of what my leader said to me applies wherever you are of going like are you where you're supposed to be because the yeah. important thing is that we need to be where jesus is yeah. and where he's calling us to be and so yeah i'm getting i'm getting fired up dude Mission well you know well. you know jesus before he sent out the the 12 he says um you know, the, the harvest is ready. It's plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, mm-hmm. therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. And that word send is in the Greek, it's ekbalo, which has implications of throwing out, casting out with violent force. There's an urgency to the mm-hmm. sending, right? Because God doesn't desire that any should perish. And so there's millions of people dying and going to hell right now Mm -hmm. and because we have this selfish mentality we want to preserve our life we want to do what we want to do we're ignoring that call to every believer come on 
right? That call is to every believer. Yeah. And the Lord of the harvest is in charge of where people go in the harvest field, right? So obviously the American needs it. Uh, your city needs it. Your neighborhood needs it. But then there are a lot of people, there are people listening and watching this broadcast right now that God is actually touching their hearts. Yeah. Hopefully right now, as we're talking about this, like, no, I actually really am called to the foreign mission field, right? Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to go out. I'm supposed to give up my life. I'm supposed to give everything to Jesus and I'm supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and really in the day that we're living in today, that that's what we need. We need an utter fascination with Jesus and that mm-hmm. our love for him would so abound that we can't imagine saying no to him, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because yeah. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of times there's like, Oh wait, so is obedience tied to love at hundred percent is right. He's not saying obey me. So your love, like it's a, it's not a coercive love, mm-hmm. but if we truly love him, the natural reaction of our love for Jesus will be obedience. If you were right. not obedient, you actually don't love Jesus. Right. Well, and it's that whole like faith that people expose, uh, expose quote unquote, like paradoxical statements within, especially the new Testament, old Testament yeah. as well. But there's that whole, like Paul saying, you know, it's faith, not works. But then you've got James saying, Hey, I'm going to show you my faith by what I do. And people look at that as a smoking gun. And I'm like, it's the tension between the two. Uh, But also, if I say I love my wife or you say you love your wife, but I make no effort visibly to actually communicate that love to her, people would question if I really do love her. If I'm constantly doing things self-serving to myself. Um, And so the same rule applies. I'm like, it is action. No, we don't. You we're not, we're not, um, we're not ushered into heaven based off of any merit of our own or any work of our own. Like, Oh, check out. I got, I got all these arrows in my quiver of all these great works I've done. I'm so awesome. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. This will get me into heaven. You know, it's not that, but it is that, that idea of motion. It's like, if you are, um, if you're actually, if you actually believe in something, you're going to do it. You know, you're going to actually show that you believe it. So, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So how did your, uh, how did your wife, cause you guys are both missions directors. She obviously, you know, is married in to this. Yeah. Like, how did you guys meet? When did you guys meet? And then what was the process of her getting involved with this whole thing as well? Oh man. Um, yeah, we're going way back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so my 10 years, over 10 years now, yeah. Nice. We've been married for 10 years this year. Nice. Um, okay, let me think, because yeah. this, this can be a whole long story, so let me let me shorten it, right? We got time, um, yeah. So um, my dad was preaching at her church, because okay. we've known her pastor for forever. And um, uh I'm always like looking around, you know, I'm on the second row and I'm always like checking people out and stuff like that. And I saw her several rows back on the other aisle and I saw her on the end. And also my heart started like it left and it started beating like crazy. And I was uh-huh. like, what in the world? What's happening? You know? <laughs> um, so we, I, we were both 15 at the time actually. And, oh. um, and so, <laughs> yeah, crazy. So uh, we just, you know, Long story short, we started talking. She came on a missions trip. 
and um, things just started solidifying in us in terms of an attraction. You know, when we got both graduated high school, we started um, dating. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And then um, we were engaged uh, for a while, for over a year, actually. We got married when we were 20 and we immediately just started. We went into uh, Mountain Gateway's training academy. We went to language school together. And so it's it's a really crazy story. Like she grew up completely opposite from me in terms of structure and rhythm. Like I grew up traveling all over the place and, uh-huh. you know, like no rhythm really kid. to my, yeah, I'm a missionary kid, you yeah. know, and she, I mean, wake up at the same time of the day, go to school, go to sports. My parent, my dad got home every day, you know, at the same time. And so like super structured life to not structured life, very adventurous and moving around all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we've, we've moved as a, as a married couple, we've moved probably close to 20 times. Whoa. Dude. Yeah. Different houses, you know, so just wildlife. And she is an absolutely amazing, wonderful woman. And she is a testament that, uh, your personality and your preference has nothing to do with, uh, whether or not you're called to missions or not. Come on. And so, Come and on. so she, yeah, she's, she's bucking the trend and the, the, uh, kind of the stigma. So, yeah. Well, has that been an interesting challenge? Like that, obviously like she grew up in a different family dynamic. Now she's has a very different lifestyle, um, in terms of how she's following Jesus and things she's doing. Has that created tension points within her side of the family with just random people or friends maybe? A little bit. You know, she yeah. grew up in um, in a very close-knit family mm-hmm. that is like all the grandparents and the aunts and uncles are all together, mm-hmm. right? And so um, that has been hard to adjust with us being overseas and stuff like that. But like I have the best in-laws in the world. Yeah. Um, I absolutely adore them. I think they're amazing. You know, yeah. I can't really relate to the mother-in-law jokes, you know. Uh, I can't either, so actually. No, yeah, no. I'm, the, I'm the same way. My mother-in-law's yeah. awesome. She's also yeah. watching this show, so I don't know. Is she's amazing? She's you're so awesome. If you're yeah, watching. yeah, yeah. You are. <laughs> yeah, no, she actually. But, is though. Yeah, she yeah. Is. Yeah, uh, I always joke and say that nothing sucks the air out of the room. Like saying you're a full-time missionary. You know, like people all of a sudden just For like sure. I, I, you know, had a lot of times people. Can, I found they they've conducted themselves differently, and then, and then you get. I mean, maybe you haven't experienced this, but I definitely had people that would s- talk to me one way, and then behind my back, they would talk about it. When when, when are Jeff and Lauren yeah. going to get real jobs and like mm. all that stuff? So, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a very very real thing. So I was just curious because it can look different in uh, every family. Yeah, you know. I grew up doing it, you know, I, I just, you know, I've just been a missionary for my whole life. And I think if you're, if you're doing it for long enough and consistent enough, typically I've found that people are very, um, it's, a, it, it can be inspiring to people. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And so that's kind of been my experience. And convicting too. And convicting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's why kind of, I applied what I said to not just, going into being a full-time missionary could be anything, but there's always going to be this, not always, but there are unyielded areas of people's lives 
Um, and that's fairly common of like this scenario, it's not surrendered. And I know God's calling me to step out in this and it's unpredictable and I can't see what's on the other side of my yes. And so I'm just going to like pretend like I'm not hearing that, you know? And so I yeah. think, I think that's really like my heart behind it is I'm like, I think we'd be in a good place if all of us were completely surrendered to the Lord. And even now 100%. I'm convicted saying that, yeah. you know? Um, Absolutely. So, so tell me about, um, obviously you guys like going into remote regions with mountain gateway. Um, you've done a lot of work in Nicaragua. Is that the primary, like the, the places you've, I guess, done the most sown the most into, or are you guys other places as well? You mentioned Mexico, but yeah, I grew up in Mexico. We still have a work there. We just celebrated 20 years in the work that my family pioneered. Oh, awesome. Um, last year we celebrated 20 years. Uh, we've been in Nicaragua for 10. Nicaragua, we were much more national, like we were spread all across the nation. And so in terms of widespread impact, I would say Nicaragua was more, you know, like we did the, we're going to talk about later, we, we did the crusades, mm -hmm. we did national relief work mm -hmm. across the nation. You know, we had churches and kind of all over the place, you know, but in, in Mexico, it was much more mm -hmm. local. Um, it's much more local, but also spread out a little bit, but just, we didn't have the national impact and influence that we had in Nicaragua. Okay. All right. Does that cool. answer your question? Yeah, it absolutely does. So when did you guys, you said you've been in there for 10, 10 years, 10-ish yeah. mm -hmm. years. How did that start? Was it uh, just a, an opportunity presented itself? Was it, you know, divine download from the Lord going to Nicaragua? Like, tell yeah. uh, like, how did that start? Okay. Um, we went to Nicaragua because, um, oh, man. We could spend the whole stream talking about this, hey, but uh, yeah. uh, we went to Nicaragua. Long story short, there was a guy that came to work with us that decided mm -hmm. to try to destroy everything, split it all apart, and he offended a ton of people. And we we had like 50 works going. I mean, things were going like really well. And then this guy um, kind of put a, just exploded it. And like, there was very few things going on. Um, and on top of that, because of this guy, there was threats from um, bands from cartels that we thought they were, they said they were cartels um, at least. And uh, so we kind of had to leave um, just to kind of let things cool down. And we thought maybe we won't be able to go to Mexico again, you know? Hmm. And um, actually Johnny and Elizabeth and Lo, they were like, Hey, you should come to this conference in California. You need to get around people like our people and, and just get refreshed. And so when my parents went there, they met this man, this pastor um, from Nicaragua. And it, there was Holy Spirit connection there. He invited my dad to go. My dad accepted. We went. Holy Spirit uh, told our family, you're supposed to come here. You're supposed to start something here. And then my dad started uh, planning trips um, to go scouting. And he went, drove all over the nation, um, getting to know everything and got to preach in a bunch of different churches and got to, I think he went on a 10 day mule ride, um, to different like communities and stuff like that. And wow. God did amazing stuff. And that's where we met our first, uh, national worker and leader, uh, Walner, 
um, who ended up opening up the entire country to us. Um, so, so what, uh, I, I guess, what would be the primary work you guys did in Nicaragua? Obviously you said relief work. Um, and I would imagine you'd done, cause you guys do training as well. I'm sure you guys do all mm-hmm. kinds of training, but like, what were like the main things you guys did? The focus of our missions is, um, go make disciples, yeah. establish churches, yeah. uh, life on life discipleship and raise them up to disciple others. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the primary focus of, of what we do. And so we had, um, we had close to 10 churches and, uh, and a lot of like discipleship groups that were happening, you know, um, we did relief work. We, we, we helped about 3000 families, um, through the relief work. So, yeah. Wow, man. We're doing so, more stuff, but I, I feel like I'm a, I'm adding more to your question. So no, no, no. Keep talking. Yeah. No, you're here to people want to hear okay. from you, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, cool. so um, I think we've got we've got some pictures of relief work. I just wanted yeah. to show. I mean, maybe you could talk a little bit about it. I apologize, everybody. The rudimentary presentation, my original one, we load in, and it was too big. And I, it wouldn't let me load it in. So we're going to do it with, I guess, a, kind of a janky screen share. Oh, let me remove this overlay. So this, what, what's this right here? So, um, and I think it was end of 2020, there was, uh, there were two category four slash category five hurricanes that hit Nicaragua within mm-hmm. two weeks of each other. Wow. And it absolutely yeah. devastated, um, the nation and, we were just like, we've got to do something. We've got to help. And uh, so we responded and we had a lot of people help us in that response. We bought food. Like if you can see, I think there's a, maybe there's another slide, but um, there's big sacks of food that we give people. It was enough food to, to feed one? their family for a month. Yeah. So typical like relief packages are pretty small, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, but we got to thank you, Jesus. We got to uh, give packages, um, food packages to families that could feed them for a month if they rationed it out well. And so our team mobilized, man, we got food and water and loaded up in trucks and put it on boats and distributed uh, all of this food um, to different places. We also did uh, water filters. Okay. Um, yeah. So like those are, those are the rivers. Those are the boats. <laughs> Dude, um, super rural areas. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I miss it. Yeah. Wow. Did you guys, this area is looking familiar. I'm not sure if it is. I know that Johnny connected us with someone. So we were able to actually dig a well somewhere in South America or Central America, one of the two. Mm. Uh, but I was just, there's a picture I saw that looks similar to this where it was like, like kind of a hill going down to the water and they were like hauling up gear yeah. and they, I don't know, but that's pretty uh, common. There's tons of rivers, you know, Central yeah. America. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when was the last time you were there? December 1st. Okay. That was the day I left. So, and these are more relief packages here. You got like yep. beans and stuff. Beans, rice, oil, sugar. Yeah. Um, the Nicaraguan staples. Yeah. So, um, 
and then obviously outside of relief work you guys did um big crusades as well right big events so talk about Mm -hmm. that so we like i said we're like life on life super small like we'll drive for hours to go you know sit down with just a handful of people Mm -hmm. um and like big massive events and crusades were never a focus of ours but we're really good friends with nathan morris who's over the ministry called uh named shake the nations Mm -hmm. ministry i don't know if you've ever heard of them i have yeah uh but we're really good friends with him and my dad uh, sat down and did an interview with him in his studio and holy spirit just showed up and there was this connection of heart and spirit and the Lord put it in my dad's mind and heart. It was like, Hey, what if we partner with shake the nations and do crusades and evangelistic campaigns in every single area of the country so that everybody has the opportunity to go. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we wanted to do that, not just in the big cities was because um, for one big crusades are only done in big cities. Usually. Um, and the people that we work with that we've given our life for, you know, the rural areas, they never get to go to those things. And so we're like, okay, we got to go all over the place, even the rural areas. Right. And so, um, yeah, we did 13 last year. Wow. Is that right? No, we did eight last year and we're going to do 13 this year. That's what we were going to do. Man. Right. And so we, we did eight, eight massive uh, evangelistic crusades um, last this, year. Yeah, is this one of them right here? Yeah, that's the one in Managua. That was the last one that we did. Okay. And uh, there's, I'm not sure if that's night one or two. That's a, that's a lot of people, full. dude. Yeah, there was over two hundred thousand people there. That is, or two. The official count is two hundred thousand, right? The the government has a different count, which is more. But what we say and what we're comfortable saying was there was two hundred thousand people they were spilling they filled the plaza they spilled out into the the boulevards around it Dude. it was incredible it's an un- unforgettable stage right there correct yeah yeah what there's a little tent over here i noticed what's that what's going on over there that's uh that's a tent where we would put um like the sick we would bring the sick over there okay so. There were like people in wheelchairs and yeah, dude. things like that. We try to congregate them up towards the front, facilitate those who are sick, come up to the front, that type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And so we would send teams of people out into the area where the sick would congregate and pray for them. That's saw awesome. So many miracles. Yeah. Love really it, cool. dude. Love it. And then this is your dad, correct? Yep. That's okay. I can see the resemblance. That was just yep. a wild guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's me. Is, there you are tearing it up. Tearing Man, it up. I got bro. to preach over two. I got to preach to 200,000 people. It was that's wild, pretty amazing. It was wild. incredible. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. And then here's a picture with you and your wife. Yep. That's who was supposed wife, to join us, Cassie. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, just amazing, amazing work, you know? And um, obviously, you've been talking about like you miss it all this stuff. Um, why don't you tell people uh, what happened starting at the tail end of last year? Yeah. So um, December 12th, um, after so much favor and so much momentum, 
Um, we've ended the year out in a bang. Uh, on on December twelfth, uh, we got word that our main leader, uh, national leader Walner, he, that he was detained by the Nicaraguan police. And so we began to kind of try to figure out like what was happening, what was going on. Uh, and then a week later, um, they arrested his wife, Maricela, and um, nine of our other, nine other pastors. And they confiscated all of our assets, four properties that we had. They confiscated all of the vehicles and equipment that we had acquired over the years. Um, and uh, and we just were like, what's going on? And so. Um, we got word that they were charging us with money laundering and we're like, that's absolutely bogus what yeah. in the world, you know, like what is happening. Yeah. And we began to just try to scramble and figure out how are we going to respond to this and how are we going to get our people out of jail? And, um, yeah, so it was really crazy. You know, what happened was a wild time, you know, it was a lot of moving parts and things just progressed very rapidly. It felt like, um and but the lord has been with us every step of the way he helped us find an attorney that was actually willing to represent um us and our pastors and um and so we're just moving forward and and we're seeing the hand of god move and work um but we are still praying that all of our pastors would be released um yeah, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, um, I mean, obviously you guys are still in the legal process. So, you know, there may be things that I say, got everybody watching or listening, or I ask, and he may not be at liberty to say, I'm sure yeah. you guys have all been seeing, you know, you guys are well enough aware of this when someone's still in the legal process, they have to be careful about what they say. But you mentioned you guys were able to find a lawyer that was willing to represent you guys and take this on. Yeah. Why? 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 I mean, why is that? Why, why was it so difficult to find somebody who would be willing to take you guys? Yeah, out? in Nicaragua, the government has—they've kicked out over three thousand. This is well documented. Yeah, you can look it up. Um, they've kicked out over three thousand non-government organizations mm -hmm. um, out of the country, and uh, so there were some, a lot, a lot of liars. They didn't want to risk um, being associated with a. Uh, you know, an organization that was just, it was just another one that was going to be thrown out. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. So when this all went down, um, were you guys stateside? Were you not in Nicaragua? We were. You were? Is, I was stateside. Oh, okay. And, but I was supposed to be in Nicaragua. I was scheduled to be in Nicaragua, but I had felt from the Lord that we should leave early and we did. So we left early <laughs> Man, and uh, like, wow. Okay. That's probably, that's why we left. I had no idea why we were supposed to, but we did. Oh man. You know? Holy spirit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So how quickly was this process of, I guess, just like absorbing your guys' assets, um, jailing, pastors how quickly of a how quickly did all that stuff happen was it yeah i'm curious uh i would say it, it kind of it took a couple of weeks maybe 10 days or okay. so it seemed like 
like we're getting conflicting things because we had, you know, we we were talking some people trying to figure out like what's going on. And it was like, no, you guys are fine. It's fine. No problem. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. You know, we're just doing some checking. We're like, okay. And then it seems super sketch, but you know, it seems super sketch. What are you doing? You know, and then it's like shut door. Wow. Everything's confiscated. Put out a press release. The news in Nicaragua um, just took with it, ran with it. And yeah, it was pretty wild. It was a wild time. Man, it's got to be so confusing too. Because I mean, yeah. you guys really did have a lot of favor with yeah, the 100%. local government. I, I mean, are there anything that you really want people to know about? Like, hey, guys, like if you could tell the world uh you know maybe there are people in nicaragua that see this like hey this is the truth like this is you know we're being on the level i don't know if there's anything you would like to say in regards to that you know like we we did everything in compliance with them Mm -hmm. um every single wire transfer that we sent into the nation Mm -hmm. we had to ask approval for yeah we sent them detailed budgets they had to approve those budgets we had to submit all of it into a government portal and we could not send the money until they said approved. And so they knew all of it. We had um, auditors in our offices monthly, if not every two months. We were reviewing everything, right? And you can't do what we did without the government giving us the okay. You know, like we, 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 we gathered over a million people collectively mm-hmm. and um and so the government they they knew everything we were doing um we walked hand in hand with them um we had government officials up on the stage you know we were praying for them um we were really very excited about what we felt like god was doing in terms of a revival you know mm-hmm. um it was the it was an incredible move of god and the and the unification that happened amongst the church and different denominations and mm-hmm independent ministries, Baptists, Assemblies of God, Church of God, like we were all coming together, you know, and uh, to see God do something in the nation. This was very inspiring. What we had heard from the government was that they, they loved what was happening. They wanted it to continue to happen. They actually requested that we do more, more crusades. And uh, we added, I think, two to the schedule last year in, in request to that. And so all of that obviously makes it very confusing on why they had a very sudden change of heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know there's probably a lot of people uh, asking why, like, why, like, why? Cause obviously you said, you know, we believe that we were doing the right thing. God opened doors favor with government people. They were on board even to even do anything in the country. You had to get government approval. And so there is a paper trail. Um, so I would, I mean, I'm looking at this as the, the, the blowback of doing eight crusades, seeing miracles, seeing people. I mean, it was the spark of revival. You get all these people, um, different denominations coming together. And then this happens. Yeah. So I think, 
there's a bit of like a writing on the wall kind of a thing here. People can see like in the spirit, like, yeah, I, I can see, I can 100%. see what's really going on. You know, you know, it's a, um, I think to, to gather 200,000 people in the most important meeting place in the nation was the largest recorded gathering of people in the history of the nation no way dude so god did that yeah and but that's threatening to them mm -hmm. and so maybe that had something to do with it it's threatening to them and uh, also like if you you can do a google search of nicaragua anywhere nicaragua news and you'll see a whole bunch of stuff right and uh they kicked out they're kicking the catholic church out they're throwing evangelical pastors in prison right and so um it seems like there's religious persecution going on yeah it seems like there was a just a shift of like we're not doing this anymore like we're not allowing mm -hmm. mountain gateway to continue to do this and to bring the nation closer to god we're going to try mm -hmm. to shut it down right mm -hmm. and so that's what it seems like there's human rights violations going on is very concerning you know with the prisoners we have no attorney client privilege you know the it's it's wild what's going on it's super yeah. wild yeah so obviously you have 11 pastors uh who are um pr imprisoned right now not being allowed access to communicate outside of the the prison yeah. correct yes yeah, right so is it just the 11 people you mentioned there's other religious persecution is this so this is happening are other pastors outside the ones that you're associated with getting imprisoned as yeah. well yeah that's what we've heard you know there's another okay. there was a kind of a action group kind of calling attention to just what the government's doing in general and they included this in that and so okay. it seems like if this is a little bit more widespread than just us um i just yeah i don't want to say too too much on that but um another thing that they did was that they uh threw our attorneys in jail and closed down their law firm whoa dude yeah so like long-standing relationship very reputable law firm they threw them in jail confiscate all their documents wow shut down their law firm yeah man so they're so in jail what, as well. Yeah. So now your your attorneys, do you have any that aren't in jail that are representing you guys? Or is that that was so we had to find someone completely different, you know, okay. a law firm that was completely different, brand new relationship to represent us in uh in all of this. Man, and are they local there? Yeah, they're local. Okay. Yeah. Man. So what was that like though, dude? Like having a government slander your name slander the name of you and your wife because I, I don't know if you can speak much to this but if i'm understanding correctly you know th there are certain people on your team who are being charged with money 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 laundering money laundering um and other crimes can you divulge like who those names are who those people are yeah. okay yeah it's it's published like the girl okay, okay, okay. was like you know it, yeah. there's it's all over the place so my dad is being charged my wife cassie which if you guys got to meet her you would realize like 
she's not an international criminal at all. She's not know? a money launderer. <laughs> no, she's not a money launderer. Yeah. Uh, and they charged me as well. And so three Americans, three U.S. citizens were charged as well. And that is making it difficult to travel and do what we do. You know, Dude. so we're kind of stuck in the States for right now, which is pretty sad. But we also see purpose in this season. But to answer your question, like, what is it like to have a government like persecute us like that? It's really surreal. Mm. It's very it's like surreal. Dream. Yeah, it's like a dream. You're like, are you kidding me? Like, what? Like, yeah, never thought I would be an international criminal, yeah. you know? Yeah. Type thing. But at the same time, just go, oh, wow. Like, this is what Jesus said would happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like. I'm not, I'm not freaking out. I don't want to quit. I don't want to stop. I want to keep going. I'm sad, you know, um, but I'm okay. Yeah. And what a privilege it is to suffer for the name of Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel bad even saying that because I'm not in jail right now. Right. You know? Um, and so I'm glad that I'm not so that I can be a voice to try to create, generate support to help get them get them out of jail you Mm -hmm. know and so but yeah anyway yeah well i mean something that i've been thinking about a lot lately the lord's been talking to me about is is this whole idea of suffering and specifically romans chapter 5 verses 3 through 5 it says not only so but but we also glory in our sufferings some would say tribulation it's like that's hard time like what you translate that to hard time and that is purely subjective to whatever your circumstances are. Um, But it says we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy spirit who has been given to us. And for the longest time I looked at suffering as suffering is like on the cross or like what the early church fathers experienced. I'm, you know, so for me, I always put it into that. And I've gone through some really difficult stuff, like the loss of my father, father-in-law mm. late last year. Um, Sorry. Yeah, thanks, man. And um, that's suffering. Like that's yeah. hard when you have to stand up and you have to continue to march forward and you have to, it's a burden you have to bear that's suffering. It's hard. Yeah. And yeah. that's like whatever it is. And it's it, it what you are going through is suffering. Even though you're not in prison, it's still yeah. suffering, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's that suffering and enduring through that. I'm sure this is like a reality that I can't even imagine right now, is that that is producing a perseverance in you. Yeah. And you were mentioning backstage about fasting and praying and, and being in yeah. that zone. Um, yeah. Was that a pretty immediate, like, okay, I have no, after the shell shock of all this revelation of what you're being accused for going, all right, I only know one solution to this. Obviously we have to be proactive, get a higher lawyers, all that stuff. But ultimately the solution is seeking his face, abiding. Yeah. How quickly after the revelation of all this, were you like, all right, dude, we got to just like, we got to I mean, you start praying immediately, yeah. you know, um, like first reaction, you're just praying. But then I did some worrying and 
what's happening and feel guilty. Yeah. I mean, it just a swirl of emotions. Um, and then like grief, sadness for our friends that are like family. Like some of those people are family to me and they're so like muddy seller for instance, like I can't, I can't, um, I can't, I have to talk about this. Um, Maricela, she's the only woman of our, of our pastors um, that is, uh, yeah, you're going to show a picture. Yeah, so there's Maricela yeah, there's right Walmart. there. Yeah, Maricela. She, she has two babies. She has a two-year-old oh. and a four-month-old right now, and she hasn't been with them for two months. Oh, my God. You know, like that makes me, that makes me angry. Yeah. And it makes me plead out to God, you know, for her release very, very, very quickly. And so that certainly motivates me. You know, some of those people like I, I, I discipled, you know, I, you know, spent a lot of time with. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, there's a lot of, a lot of sadness, you know, Um, Mm. but, but we, as a ministry, we're like, okay, we're doubling down. And the response to this that we have to have is, fasting and prayer and consecration yeah and let's focus on going to the feet of the feet of jesus and and let's pound heaven you know let's be mm-hmm. that persistent widow you know we're just gonna knock and keep on knocking and so that's what we've been doing you know we spent um last week we spent five days uh you know fasting like for five days straight so we with no meals mm-hmm. um and we were in the prayer room from eight in the morning till five in the evening, dude, just to collectively just praying and worshiping and praying and worshiping. And, and it was absolutely incredible and powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I could run through a brick wall right now. You know, people are like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm good. Like, I feel, I feel so much confidence in the spirit right now. Dude. Like Jesus is responding and he's going something i know something good is going to come out of this you know yeah my hope is in him like you know our hope it doesn't disappoint but yep. my hope isn't a specific um result or solution right like i want them all freed yesterday right but i have confidence that if that doesn't happen jesus is going to be glorified and his kingdom is going to be advanced you know and so that's what excites me um is that the devil doesn't know what he's done. Yeah. He has no clue what he's done. And like <laughs> what all of those guys that are pictured right there, um, what I believe the Holy Spirit is doing in them while they're in prison is something that is going to change. It's going to change the world. It's mm. going to change continents. And um, so that excites me. Yeah, I'm just ready for it to be here already, you know? Yeah. But um, speaking of suffering, right, in uh, Romans chapter 5, because I was in Romans chapter 5 this morning as well. Oh, wow. James chapter 1. And uh, it talks about how suffering produces endurance, and mm-hmm. endurance should create – let me just look at it. Can I look at that? Yeah, please. Please do. Cool. Yeah. I like the more informal thing. This is awesome. Just chill, dude. Okay. Just keep it yeah. real. Okay, so James chapter 1, verse 2. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith develops patience. 
but let patience perfect its work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Mm. And so I was just pondering that this morning of like, okay, what, but what is perfect and complete? What is that? What's the perfection? Let me look at the different, um, you know, let perseverance finish this work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's like, what is, what does that mean? And what is the purpose of, of this endurance and being patient? Right. And it's like, whatever the situation, whatever situation you're going through, if you're patient, if you persevere, if you continue to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, right. And not on your situation, whatever holes that are in your life or ministry, God's like filling those holes mm. through your patient endurance. Mm, that's good. And so that really encouraged me. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like uh-huh. we're going through some, like the most catastrophic thing that we've ever gone through as a mm-hmm. ministry, but God is filling some pretty awesome holes. You know, yeah. I look at our team, I look at our ministry. I'm like, man, we're burning for Jesus. Like we've never burned for him before Dude. and we're ready to keep going, you know? And so it, it encourages me. And I, and you see like what suffering can do in, in people and in churches and ministry. It can either like knock you out. It can completely. break you, dude. It can break you. Yeah. Or you can look at Jesus. You can go to the foot of him. You can sit at his feet and you can say, Jesus, are you worried or are you not? Hmm. Like, yeah. You know, we had 45 vehicles taken. We had four properties taken. We had buildings. We had offices. We had warehouses. We had machinery. We had all of that stuff just taken. And I can either focus on that or I can go, Jesus was all yours anyway. It's all yours anyway. And you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. You can. And Jesus spoke to me about John 12 and he said, a grain of wheat. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it cannot produce fruit. It yeah. cannot. There Dude. is no multiplication without death. And so I rejoice. I say, Jesus, I don't understand it. I don't understand. I, I'm trying to reconcile the whole like mother being separated from her two it's babies hard. for two it's months. Hard. That's hard to reconcile. Yeah. But God, I, I thank you. And I can, I, I can rejoice and worship you because I trust you because all of this is going to be worked out for good because we yeah. love you and we're called according to your purpose. Yeah. And so I just trust Jesus, you know, and I'm like, let's go. Let's freaking go. Dude. Well, honestly though, like you saying it's all his anyways, I think that I was talking to my wife cause there's someone we know who's going through a, a lot of challenging stuff right now, but their mentality is, very much a uh woe is me attitude and though they're a person of faith um you know but it's this look at all this horrible stuff that's happening to me you guys need to pray and you need to pray that everything gets put back the way it was and i'm like maybe god is addressing some idolatry in your life through this process which is because that's what happens too man it's like you you're going through this and you have that revelation of it's all his anyways, yeah. but you could easily become a miser with it, grab a hold of it and go, no, God, you gave it to us. And this is how you gave it to us. And 
this yeah. amazing thing mm-hmm. happened that even provided this and this and this and this. We want to we want to hold on to it, and it's that surrender of it's all yours, anyways. Yeah. Um, man, that's Paul. Paul said, "I have had plenty. I've had lack. Mm-hmm. The lack nor the plenty is not what makes you godly, right? And the point is, Jesus, you deserve everything. One hundred and ten percent, you deserve it all." And my focus and my ministry and all of that stuff is not dependent on what I have or what I don't have. Mm -hmm. It's all about you. Yeah, it's all about Jesus, man. Like, yeah, if it's not all about Him, like, what in the world are we doing? Paul talks about it. Yeah, yeah. Paul talks about this. About he warns people. He warns about people who are preaching for. um, I'm thinking in Spanish. What's the word in English? he, he warns people who are preaching for selfish ambition. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's all about me. It's all about me and my ministry and me being on the TV and me being on this, that, and the other. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Let's give Jesus all the glory. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm ranting now. No, I think it's all but... good, dude. You're in the pocket. Um, yeah. This is, I mean, this is like revelation bred out of trials and tribulation dude you know like this is this is fresh bread you know this is the good stuff like this is like i could preach right now yeah like the stuff that gets bread out of difficulty like this the revelation that comes because of failure the revelation that comes as a result of going through hard stuff um, that's why I'm pretty transparent on the show about my failures because yeah. those failures and what I learned in those failures are what gave way for breakthrough. Those are the things that yeah. gave, because I leaned into the Lord, I didn't fall into a woe is me attitude and, yeah. you know, create idols out of things that, you know, weren't mine to begin with. So, right. man, I, this is good stuff, dude. This is, this is the money. Amen. Yeah. So, um, Jacob, like what, just in closing, like what? What, what do you want people's takeaway from this to be? What, what, is there a, a call to action? Um, what, what are you hoping and praying as a result of, of this? You know, you going on this, maybe, you know, I know your dad is going to be on Elijah's streams um, later this week. Uh, yeah, tell people. I hope that the big takeaway that people have, you know, I'll give some like actionable stuff, what they can do, but I hope the big takeaway from our conversation today is that they'll be inspired to say yes, no matter what, Mm. but they'll be inspired to say yes to Jesus, no matter the consequences, Mm. no matter what could happen. You know, like we knew that this was a possibility, but Jesus said to do it. And so we did it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, I pray that this inspires people to surrender to him and give everything to him and, and, and just say, like, he's worth it. He's worth it. Everything that we've done in Nicaragua, it was all worth it, you know, hmm. and because it was his grace that was allowing us to do it anyway, hmm. you know, and all of the. All of the people who gave their lives to Jesus, all of the miracles, all of the impact, the unity that happened in the body of Christ. It was all worth it. Every single bit of it. And so I I hope people can get it uh, in a perspective that it's all about him. 
it's all about Jesus and it's not about themselves. So I hope, I hope that that's the big takeaway. And then number two, like there's some practical things that you can do to like pray for us, like, please pray for us. Um, There's a link. I think you may have the link is, I think it's in the episode description, but please, you know, write your Congress. Yes. uh, People, you know, because we really need the U S government to like, get on board with pressuring the Nicaraguan government so that our, our pastors can be released. Um, so please do that. Please sign up um, to, to talk to uh, your Congress people to your, for your representatives. Um, and, and we cover your prayers because yeah. prayers are, are, is what's really going to make this thing change. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So that um, guys, that link, uh, for uh, it's right under stuff we talked about in there. We added it later. Um, so it, it, after you're done with this, you can hit refresh. Please go there. It's a link to contact your Congress people. Um, and it'll you click the link. It'll take you directly to. Um, it'll take you to where you can actually fill out the form, and you can all, all that good stuff. It'll walk you through it. So please, you guys. We need to mobilize as many people as possible to do this. I'm going to do it before the end of the day as well. Um, But so obviously people can do that. Is there any other needs you guys have? Obviously praying for you guys, but. Yeah. You know, you can check out our, our, uh, our website. You know, we train missionaries. We need people who are burning for Jesus and are called to missions. You know, we need people to sign up for our mountain gateway Academy. It's an 11 month training. Um, where we work through a lot of stuff and get you prepared for the, for the life on the mission field, you know, because there's not very many people that are called um, and are able to make the transition to actually living full time in another country and actually be equipped with the tools to do that. And so that's what we do. We help people get equipped to do it and stick it out for the long run. Uh, it's a school of surrender. My dad likes to say that. He says, this, this is the school of surrender, of giving up your life. So if that resonates with you, check out our website. You can apply and uh, and we'll see. Maybe I'll see you next year. Yeah, absolutely. So, so guys, for more information on how to get involved, Mountain Gateway, there's a link in the description as well under stuff we talked about, right under the link for Congress people, um, uh, the Congress people link. Also, um, we did put your guys' contact info at mountaingateway.org. So, yeah. as if there's, is that a good email? Yep. Yeah, that's okay. a good e- email. Another thing, if you feel led to give and help contribute to this whole situation in Nicaragua, uh, we, we're welcoming donations. Yeah. We're welcoming sure you help. Are. Uh, you know, it's pretty expensive. <laughs> um, and so if you guys feel led to, to help out with that, there's, you can give, there's a, a link somewhere. Can you remember it? So if you go to Mountain Gateway, go to Give Now, there's a drop down menu for Nicaragua. Yeah. And you guys can donate there. That would be can't miss super it. helpful. Yeah. Please, can't miss it. It's right yeah. there. Please, 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 you guys. Obviously, legal fees are expensive and, um, you know, all that stuff too. So uh, please, yeah. I know Steve is more than likely going to prompt people to do that as well when he has your dad on later this week as well. Um, dude, I would love, 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 love for you to lead in a prayer for um, Nicaragua, people yeah. there, 
Um, yeah, go for it. Okay. Father, we come before you and we thank you so much for what you're doing. Lord, we thank you so much that you're working, even though we can't maybe see the results that we want, Lord, but we know that you're working. We know that you're moving. We know that you're positioning things in place. Lord, I ask that you would please touch Walner and Maricela, that you would touch the rest of the pastors and the, our two attorneys, Lord. I ask that you would please touch them and help them put angels mm-hmm. around them, God. I ask that they would be able to physically see and perceive and feel the presence, your presence, but they would also see your angels attending to them, Lord. I said you would encourage them. I said you'd speak to them. I said you would give them patient endurance to persevere in the midst of trial and suffering. Lord, I ask that you would keep them healthy. But Lord, I ask that you would please do whatever you will need to do in their hearts to prepare them for the coming season, Lord, and for what you've called them to do. Touch them and equip them, God. But Lord, I ask that you would do a supernatural work to release them. Do something that only you can do. But I said the release of our pastors and our attorneys would be something would be so obvious that it's you, God, that no nation that are, that's looking at this situation would be able to deny that it was the hand, your almighty hand doing it. God, I ask that your name would be glorified through this. Come, Lord Jesus, and do what only you can do. Touch our attorneys, Lord God. Give them wisdom. Show them every step of the way. Protect them, God. Touch our ministry, Lord Jesus, and and our crisis management team. Give them wisdom. Help us as we're navigating these very intense circumstances. Touch my parents as they're in Washington, D.C., drumming up um, support in the State Department, in the Senate, in the House of Representatives. Lord God, I thank you for what you've already done and all the miracles that they've seen. But God, I ask that there would be this overwhelming bipartisan condemnation uh, from the United States towards the Nicaraguan government, Lord, that the pressure would be so intense that they, that the Nicaraguan government would have to respond. And Lord, I just pray for everybody watching this, God, that their hearts would burn within them to say yes to you, no matter what God, that they would see suffering and trial and perseverance as something that is, can be used in their life to, to make them more like you. Lord, form them like you, Jesus. Touch their hearts. May, it, may they burn inside. May, may your spirit burn in them, Lord God. May they say, I have to give my life up. I have to give my life up to, to serve Jesus and whatever he wants me to do. Lord, the young people have helped them to see and understand that life is more than just what they want and perceive and desire. But life is about serving you mm-hmm. and giving their life up for your name and for the advancement of your kingdom. God, we just love you so much, and we glorify you, and we honor you, God, for all that you're doing all around the world, and for what you're doing in Nicaragua, and for what you're doing in, in Mountain Gateway, and also in Elijah List and Elijah Streams. God, we just, mm-hmm. we're so thankful for what you're doing, and we love you. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So how, obviously, there's mountaingateway.org. Um, where are some other places people can follow your, your organization? MountainGateway.org. We're on social media as well. Uh, um, Mountain Gateway is. I'm not really on social media uh, anymore. Um, uh, I think that's really it. 
Cool. Our social media people and communication people might be slapping me right now. You can sign up for newsletters. I know that, but yeah. go to the go to the website. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Sorry, Morgan. Sorry. Yeah, Morgan. Yeah, he yeah. means well. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so I, I, Morgan did give us okay. uh, Instagram and Facebook <coughs> as well. Yep. So please, you guys, go there, find out more information, follow them. I know there's videos on YouTube as well with more okay. information oh, um, great. who we are. So go to YouTube. Great. It's not like a huge channel or anything like that. But, but the resources yeah, are there. Regardless. They're there. Yeah. yeah. So, dude, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you coming on and uh, that we could shed light on this because this is, yeah, man. This thank is you. really happening, you know? Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity, Jeff. I really, really appreciate it. I had a great time. Oh, good. Good. Absolutely. So everybody, um, that is Monday. Uh, tune in tomorrow. We've got Mina and Yvonne Atia back on. Love that couple. I have no idea what we're talking about, but it's going to be good. <laughs> and Mina's hilarious. So it's going to be just, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be a jokester and then he'll spit some truth. We're going to be talking about faith. Perfect. Perfect segue into another thing. Um, a great topic. So that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. You guys, we love you. Also, ElijahStreams.com slash donate is how you guys donate. That keeps us afloat at five days a week. You get in on the water wells. You get the double whammy. You support the ministry. You support the wells. So uh, we love you guys. And we'll see you at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow with Mina Avon and Mina. I can't talk, dude. Mina and Avon Atia. <laughs> Goodbye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 